Hey, travel bosses, I'm excited to bring you this week's sponsor, TripStreak, the smarter travel search. What I love about TripStreak is the ability to search by personal preferences, such as preferring red-eye flights only or only wanting live flat seats. So the next time you need to book a flight, check out tripstreak.com slash travel like a boss. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, Johnny, and welcome to episode 148 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am here with Luke Radoski from wearechange.org. Welcome, buddy. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we just actually met at the pool party of the Nomad Summit wrap-up, uh, and I got interviewed on his YouTube channel, which turned out to be super freaking popular. How many people do you guys you have on there? Um, right now, I think over 400,000. Yeah. That's almost half a million people. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. It's been incredible. I've been doing this for you know a while now, on and off, and luckily people just came and gravitated towards it naturally and organically without any advertisement, without any money in. I started off with zero dollars and uh, was able to build something that has been just independent, real, raw. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We admit them, but it's it's been an incredible blessing um, to be able to express myself and and have it resonate with other people so much that they share it, that they subscribe. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm able to do more because of that. I love it. So would you consider this an alternative news channel? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's independent media. We're not left. We're not right. We don't like to emotionally manipulate people or play on either party side because we've seen a lot of digression when it comes to journalism. I mean, I think it's great that the mainstream media is being utterly destroyed and finally called out for all the horrible things that they have been doing, pushing lies on behalf of the establishment. But now we've seen the dawn of alternative media, independent news guys that people could get to know one-on-one personally who release information without you know a big corporation or without a big government sponsoring it and having those real raw voices that real journalism on the ground has really uh, just jumped and spiked within the last few years but we're also seeing a regression as well and we're also seeing it's, it's like a double-edged sword it's beautiful on one end and on the other end it's slowly becoming like the old mainstream media where we're having a lot of partisan talk a lot of just uh, manipulation of information in order to push either the left or the right side. I, I definitely agree. And I definitely want to jump into all that as well as, and actually the main reason why I wanted to have you on is because not only are you doing something that is making a positive change in the world by supplying real information that's not you know, dictated by stockholder prices or you know, just cor- like corporate interests, but you are also being able to, you can, you can do this while being location dependent, while traveling and having it being a full-time income. Yeah. Did you realize, like, when did you realize you can do that? Um, really, it all starts with, you, you know, your thoughts. I always had this um, belief that the famous Yoda quote, your thoughts will become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, your values become your destiny. So I always dreamed that I always wanted uh, to be totally free. I always wanted to make my life's purpose to help other people, to be the change that I wanted to see in this world and to express that through a visual form. And, and it's been, you know, a blessing. Um, when it happened, I didn't realize it. 
you know, I'm here looking back at everything and it naturally organically built up to where I am now, totally free, totally independent, traveling all over the world, been doing it for about five years now, if not more, uh, going into places that other people don't dare, doing real journalism, being able to go to places like Venezuela, Caracas, the murder capital of the world, and report on the situation there, uh, being able to go inside Fukushima, sneak into the no-go zone, report on really what's happening there, especially since the Japanese government is censoring a lot of critically important information to the future of you know humanity. I mean, what happened at Fukushima was hard. You know, I go to places like Manila, uh, where I do reporting and charity work for children who, you know, obviously are poverty stricken and uh, that have to go through so many uh, adversities. I go to India and I talk about the currency reset that happened there where 80% of the cash was just wiped off. And yeah, I was there. So if you guys haven't heard about that, what they did was they basically made any bill that was over worth over what like 20 US maybe uh yes it was it was the $500,000 um indian rupee notes that they made illegal and that was 80% of the cash on hand in all of india so automatically in one day all the cash is worthless and people have to go to the bank account right now, their banks, exchange their old bills for new bills, but the government didn't print enough of new bills. People were committing suicide. There was fights. There was riots. It was insanity in some places. Other people came together and helped each other out organically. But when you went to the bank, they checked your tax records and said, oh, you didn't pay any taxes on this. Uh, you're going to have to pay a penalty depending on the level of how much uh, taxes you didn't pay. And it was a huge hit to people uh, in the poor class and the middle class of of India and it was it was, it was devastating keeping money under their mattress or saving up kind of for a rainy day not trusting the banks and and things like that yeah i mean obviously that's been i mean india is is a major cash country uh, everyone operates on cash. There's a huge black market there. I mean, that's why a lot of people in India are, are uh, wearing gold and have a lot of gold because they see that as their retirement, as their investment. They don't really trust government. And obviously, uh, for obvious reasons there and all the eth ethnical cleansings that happen in there and the colonization of that country and, and the whole rife that happened throughout there. So it's totally understandable. It is so crazy to think about, about that. Like, I think we're lucky that we're in some ways, that <laughs> we are from America, and we have one of the most stable currencies. But you know, people that live in a lot of other countries, overnight, their, their money could become worthless. Exactly. And even in the U.S., even though we think it's the most stable, and it might be the most stable compared to these other countries, but how, like, how do we know? Like, do do we do I actually have three hundred grand in the bank, or do I just have a bunch of fucking commas and and digits that they say? They'll give it to me, but what would happen? Like, I really wonder what would happen if I went to my bank tomorrow. I was like, "Can I have my money, please?" What are they going to say? They're going to say, "Here you go, sir. You know, here's here's you know three hundred grand." And and what if it wasn't just me? Everybody in the U.S. did that on the same day because some you know war happened or something happened where we had no longer any trust in our currency, and we decided, "Okay, let's take it out." There's no way that banks would be able to fulfill that. Yeah, to me, there's a war on cash. And we're seeing similar talks in Australia and also even in the United States about doing a currency reset like India did. They're looking at India as the case study uh, to develop more control grid systems and tax systems within other countries because they see it as being very successful. Uh, but ultimately, yes, the, the US dollar is very popular, is very trusted only because of people's belief in it. So it's very strong, but it's also at the same time 
very susceptible to crashing at any moment, especially with the fiat debt system that we have. And what it's twenty trillion dollars that the United States is in debt in. I mean, that's huge. I, I don't think people, most people, realize that or even think about that. We are one of the we are I don't know the, the richest or one of the richest countries on earth. And let's say you were wealthy, right? And then you told me, no, no, I'm actually five million dollars in debt. I'm like, you're not wealthy. You're broke. Like you're you're way more broke than me. You're way more broke than that guy with no debt that's working at McDonald's. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no way of paying it back. Um, that's the thing. That's the truth that the American people will have to face. Um, and then also similar talks with the trade wars where China are very worrying as well. Uh, if people went to the bank right now and demanded all their money, if all of us did that at the same time it would be impossible to pay back because it's all based on a digital fake manipulated system by the you know US Federal Reserve that just prints money out of thin air the only thing backing it is the US being the reserve currency of the world but it's changing we just seen Iran uh, just a few days ago stop using the US dollar we've seen US foreign policy being dictated on behest of the US petrodollar whenever a country threatens the US petrodollar like Syria like Libya like Iraq like all these other countries that the United States played a major role in and overtoppling it was it was surrounding the use of the petrodollar and moving away from using the US dollar on the world market which of course would hurt the country economically so let's say you you know there's a lot of people listening to the show that are living abroad in other countries so I'm living in Thailand I actually have a Thai bank account but I never keep more than a few thousand dollars in there because I don't trust the Thai banks I also don't want more than ten thousand in there because then I have to report it to uh, the US taxes and, you know, so there's a lot of ways to, I don't want to say get around, but just, you know, they don't, they just don't care if you have less than $10,000. So it's not like you're getting around anything, but maybe that might be a good thing to have the full nine, you know, 9,900 in this Thai bank. And then if I happen to be in Singapore or somewhere else, put another 9,900 in that bank or whatever that is. I mean, what, like, what are some of your, do you do anything personally? Like, do you tr- do you trust your cash in the U.S.? No, <laughs> I don't think anyone should. Um, obviously, having cash on hand is extremely important. If there's a bank run, there's no way possible. I mean, you go to the bank right now in the United States. You ask for over ten thousand dollars. They make you fill up all these forms. They interrogate you. They won't. They won't allow you. They they will do everything in their power to for you to keep the cash. And some of them, the banks don't even have that much money uh, at the bank. So uh, it's obviously very important to diversify your assets as much as you can. And there's different ways you could do that. You could do that with Bitcoin. You could do that with gold. You could do that with silver. But to me, um, you know, obviously having a foreign uh, bank account, that's something I didn't get into. But I do understand the new restrictions and new laws with the $10,000 amount. I think that's a good backup system that I'm going to look into too, uh, just to have a backup, just to be safe, because you never know. You, you know, it's your your value, your worth. But I think the most important asset that people undermine is social capital. What do you mean by that? It's your relationship with your neighbors. It's through your relationship with your friends. It's about having a community of support that you know and have established where you guys could come together. And I don't like to talk about the worst case scenarios. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, as people call it, fear porn out there, especially in the alternative media, since that's what sells, that's what gets the clicks. And you scare the crap out of people. You could sell them sustainable uh, survival gear and all this other crap. I refuse to play into all that. I, I you know, I know what you mean because yeah. I fell into that. I, I read Neil Strauss's book, Emergency. It's a great book, really well written. And for the next six or eight months, I didn't I prep I started prepping. And I was living in Thailand at the time and I had this plan. I'm like, okay, I'm like living in this, you know, two hundred dollar a month uh, room, but we are and I have a bicycle, there's this field I can sleep in, there's this supermarket I can raid, I have 
this much water, I had this much food. I actually started having canned food in my Thai, you know, in my Thai apartment and like extra water because I was so worried. And maybe some of these things are good. I think maybe having a little bit of food and water, I think everyone should have that. But when people start building bunkers and buying all sorts of prep gear, I, I, I do see that definitely being a... Uh, you know, fear porn. Yeah, yeah. I see people watching The Walking Dead now and they're like, okay, we're going to take notes. Okay, what are we going to do here? What's going to happen here? Uh, one of my major philosophies that I have always lived under is to never allow fear to control me. Uh, that's been a major push in my life, something that's extremely important because you ultimately get to decide how you live your life. You could, you, there's two paths. There's two very strong, uh, evident energies out there and that's love and that's fear. Uh, you could choose to be susceptible for fear, but that's going to create stress. That's going to hurt your, uh, health that's going to hurt your mental abilities that's going to hurt you spiritually and you're going to create the very worst enemy that you don't want to become if you succumb to that power of fear but in reality if we just look at the bigger picture here we're living in abundance we are living in the best time in recorded human history which many people don't realize uh, the amounts of homicides down dramatically especially in the United States if you look at the statistical data uh, the levels of uh, child uh, mortality rates down extremely education up uh, uh, even, uh, you know, wealth um, diversified all over the world more than ever throughout history. Less war, less murders, less crime. Do you almost feel like it's because life is so simple and there's not that much going on that people almost kind of look for things to, to bitch about? Yeah. 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 You, I mean, you. it's a cycle. Uh, again, there's two energies in front of you. If you're in a fear of, of of that cycle, you perpetrate your own worst nightmares. You keep building on top of it like a, a building stone. And it's harder to come back to the frequency and the residency of love because you're so wound up in this cycle of, of loss, of the cycle of insecurity, the cycle of not having something, of, of fear. Uh, so once we start moving away from that, and then again, I've been talking about this kind of on a deeper level philosophically. Uh, once you look around and, and take a step back, you're like, wow, I could do anything in this world. N nothing is impossible. We're living in such abundance, such a beautiful time. And the answer is to meet social currency. I love it. And, and, you know, I think, I mean, just the fact that we are sitting here right now is because of my social currency. You were asking, or you, you happen to be in town and you're asking people, actually, you, you could tell it, but you no, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I randomly just float around. So I just decided uh, one time, four o'clock in the morning, screw it, I'm going to go to Thailand. I saw an incredible deal that was so cheap, 30 hours of flying. I was like, screw it. I'll just get through it. I get through it. You know, I come here and then I find out that this is the place, the number one place in the world for, you know, nomad communities. Uh, and, and you had no idea, idea no about idea. that before no, you came. Okay. No, no idea at all. And I'm like, oh crap, this sounds interesting. Um, th this is how I like to do my journalism. I don't, other journalists, before they come on camera, they write down every question, they dictate how it's going to happen. But once people do that, people don't realize you aren't a journalist. You're just interpreting things without understanding them first. So the way I do my journalism, I, I land somewhere. I don't know anything about the city. I don't know anybody. I start talking to people, asking around like, oh, holy cow, this is the number one online nomad community. Like, who's, the, who's one of the top guys here? Who should I talk to? This is interesting. I think my audience and people online will will resonate with this energy and want to know more. And then, bam, people were talking about you. And I'm like, all right, perfect. And I met up with you. And then we just shot an interview for our YouTube channel. And bam, that's it. And then I'm probably going to be off somewhere else tomorrow. I don't know where exactly, but that's somewhere. A, that's amazing. And it was, be, so it was, we did the, the the video and I was like, okay, that was fun. And I was like, so do you actually make money from this? And you're like, yeah, I'm able to travel. You know, this, that, this is your full-time job, right? Yeah. And do you guys take sponsorships at all? 
Um, we don't do particular sponsorships. The, I haven't been that really business oriented because to me, this is my passion. This is my life goal. Even if I wasn't making money, I would still be doing this. And when I started, I had to sometimes, you know, sleep on the streets to do this. Uh, and I did it. Um, and then we get revenue from all different sources. Uh, we just started a online college course. So, you know, the revenue and the money's there and it's helpful and it's a beautiful asset. And it's something I'm learning that I need to concentrate on, especially now with my business expanding and me having other employees. I, I, you know, already did a lot of the stuff I wanted to do in this world. And now, uh, I want to provide an opportunity for other people to have those same chances as I did and to be able to live free, travel the world, to do what they want, wake up when they want, talk. Talk about what they want, live a free existence, and be happy. So what I really like about what you're doing, and t- to be fair, I actually haven't watched literally any of the videos yet. <laughs> so I-, I think there's a very, very good chance that you know at least 50% of the people that are listening to this, you know, maybe not because you guys are super open-minded, but 50% of people in the world, especially in America, uh, are gonna you know watch some of the videos on your channel and because they have to do with politics, they have to do with you know war you know all these kind of sensitive subjects i'm sure there's gonna be people that disagree with what's on your channel or disagree with you know whatever that is but the fact is there's 50 percent of people or whatever the percentage that really resonates with this and and wants this information and you obviously love sharing this this is what you are passionate about and i think what's so cool and the reason why i wanted you on the show is I want other people to to realize that no matter what their views are, no matter what their their passions are, what their dream job would be, you can create it with tools and places like YouTube, which do things like give ad revenue. Uh, like so, right now I'm, I'm taking a look. You have four four hundred and sixteen thousand subscribers, and I'm sure that's gonna be that's gonna grow by the time people even listen to this. When did you actually start making enough money? With, with YouTube to not have a full-time job? Um, well, I started off, and, and the beginning was always, it's always very difficult. You start off with nothing, no one knowing you, uh, no real investment money. I started off very young in the political scene at the age of 16. Uh, so I've been toying around and playing with videos, but I think for the past six years, six, seven years, I've been able to do this kind of professionally on and off and I and I jump around. I'm also a person that doesn't like to stick to one thing. I don't like to stick to one political party affiliation. I don't like to stick to one rudimentary thing. I expand. Sometimes I do comedy on my YouTube channel. Sometimes I do satire. Sometimes I do man on the street. Sometimes I like to piss off and chase politicians down the street and confront them about the secret societies that no one is supposed to talk about, uh, which you can see prominently displayed on our channel when us going after like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Kissing you could see one-on-one confrontations with that. Other times, it's a travel block. Today, it's about the number one nomad community in the world, Chiang Mai. Uh, so it's always diversified. It's always different. I always see it as a way to freely kind of express myself. And what people, I think, really need to understand um, is that in this day and age, in this online internet marketplace, you could do anything. Nothing is standing in the way of your dream job. It's not going to be easy. It was extremely tough. I had to sacrifice a lot. Uh, I, you know, I, the work that I did, um, put me under tremendous stress, tremendous pressure, sometimes closely to even losing my life. But I still did it because I followed uh, the kind of flow of love and energy and abundance and knowing that if I give back to my community, my community will be there for me. And that's been... uh, 
another philosophy of mine, give as much as you can and it will naturally come back to you. And it has. And in the beginning, like literally, I would just fly in somewhere. I would travel hack. I love travel hacking. I do that all the time. If you want to travel, you don't need to be a freaking millionaire. All you need to do is have that hunger and passion deep down inside of you and you could get it accomplished and you could get it done. You could fly all around the world for free if you know how to travel hack. And in the beginning, I didn't have money for flights. I travel hacked. I didn't have money for a hotel. I put a post on Facebook and then my fans and my audience were like, hey, come stay on my couch here. Come stay here. Sometimes I slept on the streets, <laughs> but it was okay. But I was still committed to this mission and I didn't let anything stand in my way. I didn't care about comfort. I didn't care about safety. I let it all go because I knew I was on my true mission and my true purpose. And if I aligned myself with my goals and everything that I wanted to accomplish and everything I do, the universe would come back and answer and give me everything I ever wanted. And it has with so much abundance. The the first time that I stopped caring about it and wanting it and demanding it and just feeling and knowing that I already have it. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that. And that should be inspiration for anyone who feels like there's something that they want to show, like a higher purpose. And it almost doesn't matter what category it is because there's if you care about it, chances are there are thousands of other people in the world that care about it as well. You know, And if you're willing to go through that hardship and you know we call it an entrepreneur community bootstrapping. You know, uh, I was living in hundred fifty dollar a month crappy studio apartments, sleeping on these mats on the floor in these little bamboo huts with like just terrible conditions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like and I and I bootstrapped. You know, I I wanted to build this location independent life. I wanted to build an online life. You know, I remember actually being at, living at a Muay Thai gym, writing my first book, and I would spend you know six hours a day just sitting in this. It's not even a one room apartment. It's it's you know just a room, and I hear people hitting the pads in the back, yelling, you know, sweating. It's hot as crap. I can't afford to go out, you know, do anything, and I just sit there and I just grind and grind and grind, and that is the start. Mm-hmm. And for you, it was you sleeping on people's couches. You know, barns. You, sometimes barn, wow. I had a crack house once. <laughs> that was horrible in Boston. Worst experience ever. But it, it all came just randomly with me posting a message. There's, you know, early on uh, in my career, I used to go to cover the G7. Um, I got press credentials somehow automatically by showing up on that day instead of registering months to the G7. I show up at the G7. It's in Garnish, Germany. I had nowhere to stay. Hotels are like $600 a night. Uh, you know, just super expensive. You know, I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, let's, the universe will figure itself out somehow. I'm like sitting at a hotel and, and like the manager comes out randomly out of nowhere. He's like, are, are you Luke? And he was like, I love your channel. I love everything you do. He's like, can I give you anything? I'm like, yeah, we could use a room. He's like, it's all on me. You got it. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, amazing, synchronistic, like manifestation moments that have happened time and time and time and time again. You know, uh, in the beginning, zero dollars, nothing, nothing to live off. Bam, someone comes in with a donation. And most of our donations uh, are usually just $5. So, you know, we have many different kind of revenue streams. Donations are the most important ones. And the biggest ones we get are individuals giving $5. Uh, that little, that low. And if we all pitch in and vote with our dollar, you could make a tremendous difference. And because of that support that I get from, you know, people online, I'm Putting, putting myself on the line for the truth. I'm willing to put myself in danger to show you exactly what's happening in this world. If there's a riot, I'm there. If there's a situation that needs explaining, I'll put myself in the middle of it. If there's a politician that needs to be confronted on their lies, I will chase him down the hallway uh, to the point where I'll just, just ask him questions, still getting arrested, <laughs> but, but doing my job as a journalist should. So 
talking to you, it, it, there's this there's this one thing that I've been wanting to do for years now, and every year around this this time, it reminds me of it, and I'm afraid to do it. And I hate saying that because I try not to be afraid of anything. But I know that if I if I made this documentary and I exposed what's happening, I would probably be banned from Thailand. Mm, yeah. And I, but it's such a powerful, like it, it's something that's so needed to be mm-hmm. shown that I feel like I wish somebody would do it, and I could just anonymously be like, you know, here, serve mm-hmm. some, you know, phone. And what that is is right now the weather is clear it's perfect you can see the mountains right behind me the environment here i mean the, the air quality is fantastic here you know it's a nice town but if you stick stick around for a few weeks you won't be able to see 50 feet yeah the farming They're, season when the farming season yeah. they they slash and burn and every there's smoke everywhere but that's actually not what i would want to cover it's what gets trapped under that smoke that is actually what's really killing people mm. and it's all the fumes from all the cars um, and not the cars from the red, like the red, uh, the tuk tuks, as well as the, just any kind of taxi. So like the, the Song Tao taxi, taxi trucks and the, and the actual tuk tuks itself, there is so much smoke coming out of those. And I used to ask people, I, I would ask my, my Thai friends, I'm like, why, why wouldn't they, don't, don't they have regulations? Don't they have, um, you know, small checks, and they said we actually have some of the strictest in the world, but we also have a lot of corruption. Mm-hmm. And there's one guy that owns, you know, that all the taxi companies he has that power, and everybody's afraid to to do mm-hmm. anything. And what's going to happen is every single year around March, the smoke from the slash and burns, which is one big topic, ready, is almost like a blanket, and all the exhaust smoke gets trapped under and people get respiratory problems, people mm-hmm. die. It's it's terrible. Yeah. No, I've been in other polluted places and it's not a way to live. And it's horrible seeing stuff like that being taken away from people. Um, you know, that right to live in a clean, fresh place. When I was in Delhi, you, you couldn't breathe. Like, it was horrible. Like, it, it, it slapped you upside the head uh, as soon as you got out there. Manila, too. It was just insane. Uh, but finding kind of a middle ground sometimes is is the answer for a lot of people and working out the problems pr- pragmatically uh, or working out some kind of middle ground. That's what I strongly recommend. Usually we just like throw our head and face right into it and sometimes we bear the consequences of it. So there's always a give and take. Um, you know, a lot of times when you do try to change things, the people who don't want you to change them, they'll find any ways to screw you and hurt you because of that. Uh, so it's a, it's a very interesting kind of dichotomy that I always have to face and I always have to realize and I always try to take the best calculated risks that won't, be, that won't put me in too much danger, but at the same time could effectively affect some kind of change, some kind of middle ground, some kind of workaround uh, to make um, those changes possible. Yeah, it's difficult. It's, it's something that is daunting humanity forever like how do you find that middle ground uh and to me it all begins with having honest and real communication uh it's all about free speech it's all about being able to have real news that's not just controlled by a corporation or by a state that's not manipulated in any way and i think those are the people who really hold the true power Uh, and i think there's not only a huge need for an alternative media i don't even like calling it alternative media i would like i would almost want to just call it like actual news, like yeah. real news. 
Like, yeah, because we're becoming the mainstream media that the mainstream media is not, yeah. and more people are tuning into us than they are even the news channels in the United States, and their ratings and their numbers are going dramatically down. And they should yeah. like I stopped watching the news like ten years ago, and I am shocked that people still watch it because every time, like, all right, how does this make any sense? You like you your one of your programs gets interrupted, and says you know um, something that you might you know that you eat every day might be killing you. So, you know, stay tuned at you know, ten o'clock, and you're like, "Oh, something might be killing me. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a look." And at ten o'clock, they feed you these headlines for to keep you on for that hour, and it can be about politics, it can be about really anything, and they don't even freaking talk about that issue. Mm-hmm. It was literally just out, like the, their version of clickbait, where you like mm-hmm. watch bait, and it's gotten so terrible. Like it's news to me should be. Like I, I would think the definition of news is reporting unbiasedly what is actually happening, giving people both sides, and then letting people make an informed decision. Yeah. And I don't think there's a single news channel, you know, ABC, NBC, Fox, definitely not Fox, you know, yeah. any of them that is unbiased. Yeah. I mean, what they do is condition people to see the worst in humanity. And the way you believe and perceive is the way that you live your life. So when you go on the news, you watch the news, it's like crime here, murder here, be afraid of this. This is going to kill you. Uh, it's horrible. And all this other stuff. There's never, you know, and again, just filled with horrible commercials. And you could see the commercials and actually understand who watches them because usually it's all geared towards adults. It's all geared towards uh, medication to prevent people from aging. It's used from, I even seen adult diapers. And I'm like, okay, only old people are still stuck in this old paradigm because they have to sit there, watch the commercials, not have any control, not have any demand, and be forced to go through their propaganda. When you, Now you can go online, click something, and automatically, bam, you have, some, you have something automatically right in front of you. The moment, the second you want to know, and you're in control, you watch it when you want to watch it. You, you could skip through, the, skip through the commercials and not be inundated with that kind of uh, crap. And the reason they do it is because once they have people on a low-energy vibrational spectrum, once they have you in fear, in depression, in, in missing something, that's why they have these girls with these big boobs and these cars and these millionaire people selling all these advertisements because they want you to feel insufficient. When you feel insufficient, when you don't feel happy within yourself, you look for that happiness outside and that usually includes going outside and buying something to make yourself happy. Yeah. Or even yeah. worse is, is getting a prescription to, to drugs that you, you probably don't even need. Yeah, yeah, in the United States, we have a huge epidemic with that and it's horrible. And the pharmaceutical industrial complex, which even Barack Obama helped prop up with the Obamacare mandating everyone to buy it now, or it's not free healthcare, not, pe- not many people know this. So it's going to be interesting how Donald Trump's going to take care of this situation because it's a complete and utter mess that Barack Obama set up in the United States. But again, pushing you with so many different chemicals, so many different things. Oh, you're depressed. Take this pill. Oh, your legs are tired. Take this pill. And again, and the side effects have to be countered with other medication and everything else. And they sell you all this stuff. And then you're left questioning, uh, what the hell happened here? You know, like what happened to my life? It, it is so insane. I think anyone listening to this, if you, if your doctor ever recommends that you take a pill for the rest of your life, I, you know, I think it's different. Like if it's something like you, you need to take these, these pills for a week to kill, cure whatever, you know, bug you got yeah for that fine just you know take it or uh we'll look into it but if it's something that you have to take for the rest of your life really fucking take some time yeah. and figure out is how do i fix this problem without 
getting this because you guarantee that not only are you a customer for life, but you're going to have those side effects that, as you mentioned, and that is why people have cocktails. I don't think there's anyone in the world that only takes one prescription drug. You, you either take zero or you take like 10. Yeah. Because you need everything else to counter the other ones. And it's not just pills. It's also a needless uh, back surgeries that people push. I mean, I'm I'm 30 now. I've been uh, asked to have so many different surgeries. And then a uh, second doctor is like, no, it's all an insurance scam. Because if they're able to do surgeries to you, they get more money with the insurance industry, which is completely and utterly broken. So we're seeing a lot of aspects of societies. This is, this is why we have so many followers. Because we call out everyone. The pharmaceutical industrial complex. The prison industrial complex. The political system. The media media system, the school system, it's all corrupt and it's all meant to entrap you in this lifeless organism where you never really truly reach your potential and are able to actually have a life. And you're just controlled like a freaking slave working a nine to five job. Then you retire. But when you retire, you have a heart attack and you die automatically and you never get to experience life. So this is a big reason why I love our location independent lifestyle so much is because first off, we've already broken away from a lot of those chains. We've broken away from the nine to five job, the corporations. We've broken away from buying unnecessary crap that we don't need. We've completely broken away from broadcast media because we're in a different time zone. We're not going to watch Thai TV. Like I, I literally don't know a single person out of the hundreds of people I know in, in Thailand or anywhere else I travel to that watches broadcast TV. Why, why would we? We would, we would watch YouTube, watch Netflix, we watch something, we would stream something. And automatically what that does is that removes us away out of the picture so we can see it from a bird's eye view. And we can see it, like, even just watching the, the elections from Thailand is so different than watch, watching it from anywhere in the US, especially if you're from like New York or DC or somewhere, somewhere like that. It's, I can't even imagine being there and being able to even open-mindedly or logically see process what's going on when you're in the middle of that and there's so much input from all sides there's these newest headlines flashing everywhere newspaper headlines flashing everywhere you know and unfortunately now it's all over our social media everywhere else they can they can advertise too so it's not that online media is the you know is, is perfect it, but it is it is a way where more people will like Luke, more people like you guys listening at home, if that is something that you know you are passionate about, can be the change by creating your own news news channel. Yeah, I mean, this is something I really, truly do care about, mainly because uh, we're also seeing the digression of independent media. We're seeing people, you know, go to clickbaits. We're seeing people just fight with other people just for the sensationalism of it, but not for the true purpose of informing people and giving them the best information they can that will help them generally. We focus on celebrities. We focus on all this other mindless fluff. And to me, if we really want to fix society, if we really want to fix the world, getting good information, getting the right information will help us tremendously. We wouldn't have so many wars if it wasn't for the media lying. Again, the true power to me, the people who are responsible for the world's problems, mainstream media, 100 totally percent because they were controlled. They were opted. They're not working for the people. They're working for advertisers. They're working for corporations or governments being manipulated in order to make you more of a freaking slave. And it, whether it happened on purpose or by accident, us feeding into it, us being lazy and not being proactive and seeking independent media outlet and you know, supporting them, donating, uh, financing, voting with your dollar. This is the true important aspect that people need to realize. I can definitely see that. And but here, here's the question, I guess, is right now, I do think alternative media 
is better in, in so many ways. Oh, yeah, where, 100%. Where it's not controlled by all, all these things. But what I'm afraid of is that there's like that spiral, right? I almost mm-hmm. feel like the, the, you know, the TV news, some people call it, you know, whatever they call it, but the TV news, the popular news, they probably used to be a lot more normal. Uh, they probably did report. I bet, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that if you watched it 10 or 20 years ago, it wasn't as sensationalized. It wasn't these crazy headlines. It wasn't all this stuff. And the problem I actually think is, is kind of something you mentioned earlier. It's us, the, the, the viewers where we are clicking, we're watching those crazy clickbait headlines and we're just encouraging it more. And they see it as, okay, well, we can make more money if we just keep doing this. Let's, let's, you know, or, for example, why why doesn't why don't you know news outlets report the good things that are happening? It's because most people don't care. They don't mm-hmm. share it. They don't talk about it. They don't click it. Yeah, the viewer is the most important aspect of this because you literally decide what the future of information and news will be. If you decide to click on the shocking 10 facts about Kim Kardashian's toes or whatever the hell, you're incentivizing it by voting with your attention, by voting with your clicks. Um, and I think we're slowly moving away from that. I think people are hitting a plateau. I'm like, crap, this is horrible. This is like, like, there's only so many times you could get me with that clickbait article before people are like, ah, okay, I'm not going to be tricked into this wormhole of bullcrap. And that's why um, I, I was very um, concerned about this happening. And I, and that's why I created uh, Change Media University, where I teach people how to start their own media companies, their own YouTube channels, how to effectively get their voice heard online. And I use it as a way to train people all over the world, because it's an online college, I do in person seminars too, uh, to incentivize people to go out there and be a part of the change that they want to see in this world and be the news outlets that we all deserve. Um, and I understand it's not sometimes a grand conspiracy. Sometimes it's people being incentivized because that's where the money is at. Uh, but that's nothing that ever like ma- like mattered to me because ultimately I know money is only going to give you a certain amount of success. What really matters deep down is the way you live your life, the things you do, because when you do leave this world, you're going to look back on everything and you won't be able to bring all that money. You won't be able to bring back all the useless crap that the mainstream media emotionally manipulated you to buy so you could feel satisfied with yourself. The ultimate satisfaction that you can get is not from a gold watch or big boobs or, or the car. It's you living the truest version of yourself. That's really cool. I'm, I'm actually just taking a look at your course now. Uh, and I like the video that it says how to be a real journalist in 2015, but I'm sure 2017 still applies. Yeah. This is, I mean, all right. So that's cool. This is, this is what, this is kind of going back to what my audience really likes is yeah. having an alternative way to live and make money. Mm-hmm. But by, but what's really cool and the reason why I wanted you here is you can do it in these kind of almost grand ways. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think there's a lot of people, you know, who don't want to do what I do, you know, and maybe they're like, I don't care about selling furniture and drop shipping. Like I, I want to create videos. I want to create content. I want to be a, a, a journalist. I want to expose this. I want to be a documentary maker or whatever it is. And meeting people like you that make a full-time living from, you know, th- things, even things like YouTube ad re- revenue, um, do, do you mind giving people like a ballpark of how much like how much you would earn per like hundred thousand subscribers yeah. or whatever? You can't say 
because of uh, YouTube's terms and policies and services. If you tell anyone how much you make, they could effectively take down your channel. Wow, but okay. it's all very dependent. I mean, you can look at some uh, numbers out there. There's some forums, anonymous forums, where people go exactly how much. Uh, you do have to be careful on how you word things because it all depends on what category you're in, uh, what time of year you're up uh, uploading, uh, the advertisers that are wanting to have their... Uh, product or stuff sold to the people, your demographic. There's so many different factors in there, but it could equate to something like uh, possibly a dollar per thousand views or four dollars or sometimes even as high as, as, as six, but it all varies. You could even get 25 cents per thousand views. So it, it all depends on so many different um, kind of paradigms and aspects. We go over that in the different uh, revenue models on Change Media University and what to expect and how to market it and effectively use it to the best of your ability to get the best outcome. Okay. Uh, that's cool. I, I think so for, for people that are kind of wondering more, like, I understand why YouTube doesn't doesn't allow that. I actually screenshot my my revenue every month, but first off, I only make like hundred bucks from YouTube. So I don't think they really care. So I'm too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I think somebody had told me I can show like the estimated uh, amount that that's on their revenue dashboard, but I'm not allowed to show like the analytics with that, and then like exactly how much I made from. Yeah, each the rules place. are weird. Okay, uh, but it but it all depends. Um, I haven't been that monetarily focused on a lot of this issue because it's just like re- release go get their information out there and it's more about my passion because it's it's now automatically always always there and it's beautiful and that's that's what's amazing about things like youtube is if you really think about it if youtube didn't exist and you wanted to get your your videos out mm-hmm. because you you generally want people to to have access to this information you'd have to find a place to host these videos mm-hmm which would be expensive because HD video is expensive to host and they're big files. Then you'd have to find a way for people to find your videos or watch your videos. You'd have to have these like streaming platforms. Then you would have to get people onto your site and you'd have to advertise and get them there. YouTube does all that for you. And mm-hmm. not, not only is it free, they pay you to for you to use it and it's insane. Yeah, it's a brilliant business model because they share the revenue that you're able to produce for them as well. Uh, obviously, they do take a cut for it as well. But there's also kind of slippery slopes. We've seen some kind of activity from YouTube too that's not really encouraging. They've been kind of um, changing their algorithm so many times, leaving a lot of the independent guys screwed. And now in their trending list, it's usually the top advertisements, uh, just as advertisements as videos with not even significant view counts, but they still do that. So there's, you know, obviously we can't put our full faith into just YouTube. There's other alternative uh, media platform sites as well that people could go into. But now the world is so big, people just rely on this one big kind of entity. But we also have to be careful because that one entity is also controlled and also run with a specific interest. And a lot of times when you're you know, bucking the system, uh, those interests don't really work together and they kind of try to squeeze you out. So it, it's, it's again, another dual sword. Everything, everything always has two sides to it. It's not just, you know, left or right. It, it's a lot more complicated uh, than we know. Okay, I could definitely see that. So to give people kind of an estimate of what people can make uh, with the big YouTube channel. So I just took a look at mine. I have, I don't know, 4,000 subscribers. Uh, I have to take a look at it again. But I'm making 100 bucks a month uh, right now, and, uh, and I oh sorry, wow, seven thousand, I have seven thousand subscribers. So your channel is at least five hundred times bigger than mine. Uh, so 
just doing that estimation, I, I'm sure it's it's different uh, for everyone. But 500 times 100 would be no, that's way too high. But I, I think I actually added another zero. But like, let's say the five thousand dollar range, yeah. right? And, and, and it could be more, it could be less, right? Mm-hmm. But five thousand dollars is enough for someone to travel and be able to do what they want to do. Yeah, you do it for a lot less. You don't even need that much. Um, I take a lot of the uh, revenue, a lot of the donations, and I use it to hire other people to have to be writers, to be journalists, to be editors, to be me makers and video makers. So right now, I'm in the process of taking everything and living life as a minimalist, as minimally not like I still scrounge up uh, every little penny to the last freaking drop. I, I stay at a hostel uh, because I don't need a freaking hotel room. Because and again, it, it's more about my philosophy too because. I could be in a hotel room by myself or I could be with other cool people and travelers in a hostel for, what is it, $3 or $4 a day. Uh, I'm saving money coming to Thailand from New York, uh, especially with the travel hacks, traveling for free, living here extremely cheaply. And I take all that revenue and I use it to expand the team and give other people the possibilities that I have. So you mentioned travel hacks a couple of times. Yeah. What, what do you actually do? There's a lot of different things. Um you can't really specifically talk about them in great detail because again, if everyone starts doing it, no one would really want to. And I kind of like leaving it kind of blank, mainly because if someone really wants it, you're going to have to dedicate the time. You're going to have to dedicate the research. You're going to have to actually do the physical work to figure out how to do this. Okay. But did you yeah. take a course or did you no, just No, I didn't take out? a course. Okay. Uh, just by traveling myself, talking to other people, there's so many different little tips okay. and tricks that you could implement. And yeah. I, I like so just, just kind of broadly, yeah. uh, do you mean like, getting like credit card reward points yes. and then using that to, to get miles. Yeah, that, that's one aspect okay. of it. There's uh, other aspects of it, of, of using particular travel methods or particular airlines or particular ways to do connecting flights. There's you know special websites. There's last minute deals. There's people within the airlines. There's passes. There's, there's a, a plethora of uh, freaking options out there that you could implement that you could use and it, you don't need $5,000 a month you could literally like I don't I don't spend much money at all I mean the most money I spend throughout my travels now is usually just on food um, and that's it you know hostels five bucks ten bucks a day it's nothing so I used to really enjoy getting deals like mm-hmm. that was my favorite yeah. thing in the world and I think there's something kind of like it's just nice you know feeling you got a great you got a great deal mm-hmm. I used to be subscribed to every single deal website like you know and every time I would I would find one I would share it with friends and what's crazy is even before the actual like the the deal website I was on it was this piece of crap looking thing like that looks like looks like somebody can you know a sixth grader can make in, in notepad and I didn't realize until way later that these sites make a crap load of money mm-hmm. like people love other cause other people love free stuff people like coupons people like discounts so if if i was if i was smarter i would have created a deal site a long time mm-hmm. ago um and you know with, so with the travel hacking so i've been flying for free for the past couple of years but the way i the way i decided to do it is instead of spending a lot of time figuring out how to fly for free mm-hmm. I, I was like, let me just build build a business, put a bunch of expenses on the card, yep. and use those points to, to pay for my flights. Yeah, yeah, that's one simple way. That's exactly what I do too. Whenever I pay my employees, it's like an expenses and everything else. Use that freaking flyer mile credit card, and then you could also jump the points around and and keep expanding them and keep building them. So that's definitely a great, very simple way of doing it, which I think everyone should be taking advantage of. And a lot of people are discouraged because they're like, "But I'm not flying anywhere." Like you don't need to. People, that's just, this is the number one misconception that a lot of people have about freaking flyer mile credit cards. People think they need 
need to fly in order to build miles. No, you could put your expenses, you could you know pay your employees, or you could buy your daily groceries, and that still builds up to particular miles. Why not do it and then have that opportunity last minute to go anywhere in the world that you want to? Yeah, I, I definitely like that. So for most people, I would recommend, especially if, if for my listeners, if you guys are more focused on building a business, yes, it's possible to figure out other alternative ways to travel hack. But what I would personally recommend is do the kind of the, the minimalist version of it, mm-hmm. which would be to get one like good credit card that has you know a lots of credit card um, like bonuses mm-hmm. when you first sign up. So I use like the Barclay Arrival Plus card, for example. I think they gave us like you know fifty thousand points when you when you spend the, three thousand or a thousand yeah, in the exactly, first month, the first yeah. couple months, and then by putting all my advertising, all my like fulfillment for my e-commerce stuff online, just, you know, all my expenses on the, online, You, I also get 2% in, it's not really cash back, but it's cash back that you can only use to travel, mm-hmm. which is fine because that's, that's what we want to do anyways. And what I like about that is every, I don't know, three, four, five, six months, I have enough money to fly anywhere I want in the world, mm-hmm. you know? And when you start scaling up your business and you start spending more, you can fly business class if you wanted to. You can, or you can fly more often. You can fly every month if you wanted to. And my favorite thing, and the reason why I like this method more than the other methods, where you might let's say open ten credit cards just to get those bonus miles, uh, is because you're not thinking about it. And then when you go book your flight, you can just go, to, you know, to tripstreak.com and just you know find whatever you know great flight you want and just book that. You know, and not have to worry about it. You know, there's like one last step is like when you get your your bill at the end of the month, you just say, okay, I, I don't want to give you cash. Here's just use my you know my travel cash. Versus when you have you know the the other traditional, where you have ten cards, you have miles from here, you have miles from here, you have to transfer back and forth, and then you have to figure that out. And it definitely does work. I, yeah. I, I met people that that do it, uh, but it takes so much time to to do and to research, and then you have to book it through their sites and. Transfer the points from this part to the other part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, just, it's like a full time job. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, sometimes. I'm like, just just build a fucking yeah. business, and and then if you really, really want, you really want at the end of the year, cancel that card and open another card, or downgrade the card. Or downgrade, yeah, perfect. Downgrade the card so you don't have to pay, pay the yearly fee, and then upgrade once again. Yeah, yeah. So downgrade the card so you have a backup card that you don't have to pay the yearly fee, and then open another card, maybe with Capital One Venture or something that has a very similar program. Use that for a year downgrade the same thing. Yeah, the systems get very complicated, but obviously having a simple method, obviously having a backup method, I don't see why anyone shouldn't be able to do that. I mean, we all deep down have an internal kind of desire to travel and to explore and to have adventure. And sadly, a lot of people uh, deny that selves uh, to them uh, by simply putting themselves in a rut, by putting themselves in a hole, by, you know, doing what they're told, doing the safe thing. Um, and, and I think that's not how human nature ultimately is. And I think that's why a lot of people are dissatisfied. And I think that's why people think they're, that they're clinically depressed. And we have all these mental disorders going up dramatically because it's not natural. It's not organic the way majority of the people are living their life. And because they're miserable, they're making everyone else miserable around them. You could feel that energy. And it's, and it's so transparent sometimes. So I don't know if you experience this, but... I think there's no online uh, channel that that doesn't, especially on YouTube. Have you ever noticed when you start getting hate comments? It's if the first comment's a hate comment, it's a spiral of them. 
versus if the first comment's a positive comment, normally that actually grows too, and then it's all positive comments. Have you ever experienced that? Well, on YouTube, um, the YouTube people actually told me people are three times more likely to leave a comment if it's negative than if it's positive. Mm. That's just how the internet works. Uh, but afterwards, it's it's very contagious. Even when you're around somebody who's really nervous or really angry, you could see it, you could sense it, you get that unease within your gut. Um, and and it, it's not a good feeling to be around. Uh, but after a while, especially if you're online, you got to learn how to deal with it. There's no avoiding it. You can't let it affect you. You gain a really tough skin. Uh, once someone is the top comment very negatively, it again, influences, resonates with other people and they just go on and on and on and on. Uh, I, I love the fans um, that, that we have. I, I don't even call them fr- fans. I just like to call them friends because I meet them everywhere I go. Um, and they back it up and there's always huge long arguments and fights but I, I refuse to be affected by someone else's opinion on me especially online uh, because deep down you hold that truth within yourself and a lot of people are paralyzed they look at their comments they're like oh my god he has a big nose and he's balding uh, and then they take it to themselves and they're like ah this is horrible don't do that don't don't yeah did you always have this positive outlook or did it affect you when you're when you were just starting out well, no, no. I was a negative, uh, stressful, insecure, worry work, <laughs> especially in the beginning. Uh, always talking about the negative, always talking about the bad. But um, after creating your own kind of reality in that negative environment, uh, it hits you so hard so many times in life's moments that don't, you know, there's no more going down. There's only up with how low you could go by making yourself miserable and and by having life hit you as hard as it does sometimes. Uh, So, you know, being down on the gutter many times in a very, very low point in my life, um, I just knew the only way was up and then I got particular signs and and everything happened synchronistically and then it just kind of spiraled um, into this positive circle. And and, and to me, it's the number one key factor to success it's 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 about your outlook it's about what you think it's about what you believe deep down and 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 what you are and naturally those things will come and be attracted to you just like anything else it, it's it's simple energy that's how life works and you could decide to be uh butthurt becky or debbie downer or you could decide to be positive peter <laughs> so i i, I always prefer that one because life is so much better, so much more exciting, so much more open, so many more uh, opportunities are available to you once you start accepting the true positive signs that are out there. I like that. Yeah. You know, and, and I would I would almost think that in every situation, even in negative ones, there's going to be one or two positive ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's things that happen for a particular reason. Uh, and, and, and it all matters how you react to them. The biggest power you have in this life is the power of your reaction. If you let things get you down, if you let things beat you up, if you become the bad people that you were fighting against that you don't want to become, you are putting yourself into that position and you are attracting that and it will naturally progress within you. Unless you say enough is enough, I will focus on the, I will practice gratitude. I will practice giving. I will practice uh, having charity in my life. I will practice being the best version of myself to the point where no one will ever be able to bring me down or reverse the cycle of love that I started within myself. I like that. I like that a lot. With So practically, like out of curiosity, do you read all your YouTube comments, do you, do you respond to them? Sometimes. I mean, I, I answer all of them in the beginning because of those that I know uh, that comment first. They're usually the loyal, loyal kind of um, 
subscribers uh, subscribers who see the notification and click on it right away so i'll always always respond to the people who uh, comment on my video when it first comes out if i have more time if i'm bored i go through more but i always want to give feedback and respect to the people who are there for me first uh because that's critically important uh to show your support sometimes i read them uh sometimes they're it's just crazy it's it's insane what you see out there and um how far people could take it uh, to me, at the at this point, it's entertaining. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care. Like nothing will offend me ever. <laughs> I don't care. I've seen it. I've been through it all. I've been in this business for a while, for a few years now. Nothing could ever bring my state down from what someone says, especially online. Wow, I, I, that's really powerful. That's something I can I can really learn from you because I try not to let things affect me, mm-hmm. but it still does. Like you know, and because it, it, here's here's the reason why is. There's always like the, the 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 most hurtful comments is when they take something that has a I don't want to say a grain of truth, mm-hmm. but it can you know it's like it is once it's wide right. So you know if they say you know Johnny you're fat, it's probably because I was fat at that time right. <laughs> well, I was always overweight, mm-hmm. and then I'm like fuck I'm so insecure. I want to make less videos. I don't want to show my face. Things like that, and I know I shouldn't let it affect me. And but it still does. It's because it's per, it's personal, and then it has that you know that amount of truth in it. Even though the real truth might be like you know what, like I don't know. I mean, those terrible examples. Yeah, but, yeah. No, no, know, no. Like, I yeah. understand exactly yeah. what you're saying because I'm I'm getting the same things. But once you start uh, living a life of truth, living a life of honesty, facing your deepest darkest fears sometimes, and and your deepest darkest insecurities, those comments have no validity because you deep down know the truth within yourself and someone's little annoying comment you know i get it i get it about my nose i get it that i look like putin i get it that uh, i'm balding i'm getting that i did this or that that I, like whatever i know that it's not true because i know the deep truth within myself so once you align yourself on that purpose of honesty and facing your fears and facing your insecurities because i had a lot of them growing up especially when i was younger i was extremely insecure and that affected my behavior and my reactions with my friends uh, with my family members with my significant others and i was creating a miserable reality not just for me but the people around me and i refused to go back to that and i refused to be validated by anybody else get rid of that validation don't make anyone uh, dependent on your happiness. You, deep down yourself, are the only person you have to impress at the end of the day. So once you find that security, that happiness, that love for yourself within yourself, and you have no insecurities and nothing blocking you, like, like who are you? I, like You don't even know me and you're making a dumb comment. Why would I even choose for you to affect me, this anonymous troll <laughs> online? Um, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I just brush it off. It doesn't matter to me. I, yeah. I love that. I think that actually is a very practical solution is working on yourself, understanding yourself. Oh, yeah, that's yourself. huge. You know, because like, for example, if someone, call, you know, if someone called me fat, if deep down inside I know, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, maybe I overate a little bit during the summer this year in Europe. I was drinking too many beers. But I've been working out every day. I'm, you know, back in my eating plan. I will be back in good shape again soon. Then it's not going to affect me. And I think it, it, but the things I, I, that I really don't like is when someone tries to like discredit either myself or something I say because of some, like, let's say I, I made a video about something eight years ago that they just, you know, that like says, okay, well, now, you know, Johnny, you know, posted this, you know, where he used to be part of the, you know, he used to you know, want to be a pickup artist or he used to be part of this. So everything that he's saying now is unvalid because 
you know, he was this douchebag eight years ago. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. So what? Uh, you know, people get a chance to renew themselves. And if, if, you know, people did have a dark past, you have to accept it. You have to not be afraid to speak about it. Again, you know, I, I just told you I, I was miserable. I was horrible to the people around me that loved me most. Uh, I was a monster psychological one um an energy vampire as i like to call them because you know you meet certain people they take away energy from you they they make you feel lower they make you feel bad and i feel they, like that's what trolls are right yeah 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 but you can't let those people decide your your destiny you can't let those people decide your faith because at the end of the day you have to live with yourself and you live with your decisions i make mistakes i'm not perfect i'm willing to accept them and once you're willing to accept them and once you're willing to face them they have not as much power over you as that they did before sense. because just like anything in life it's like well, well I'm, I'm gonna hide this i'm not gonna talk about this i'm gonna uh avoid this the more you do that the more it keeps growing and building inside of you and it will destroy you and your way of life so i refuse to do so and if you make a mistake bam automatically admit it you had a bad past automatically admit it face up to uh the wrongdoings that you did um admit it move on and fix it from the beginning because this is the only way to correct the problems, the only way to solve the problems in this world. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's such good advice yeah. for everyone. And that's actually, that's advice I wish I would have known many years ago. You know, I, th I think I, I've been a lot more transparent, a lot more open. You know, I even wrote a, a, an entire blog post, basically just dumping every bad thing, every, you know, stupid thing I ever, ever did. Just, you know, getting out there. It's even, exactly. It's even on my about me page. Just so, so, so like, and then that's so freeing and <laughs> yeah. you must've felt amazing felt afterwards. Amazing. It really felt amazing. And people resonate with that. And people are like, wow, yeah. man, that took a lot of balls for you to go out there and express yourself and talk about the bad things that you did. It's so powerful. So why doesn't everyone do it? <laughs> it's right? hard. Right? Like it's, it really, it's hard. Cause it's almost like, you know, I am 100% sure that, you know, everyone in the world has done things that are either embarrassing or stupid Maybe even, you know, you know, I don't know. Just just whatever. Just mm -hmm. like things that they're not proud of. Yeah. In the past. Or and things that they weren't aware of yeah. that hurt other people. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I could definitely see that as well. People you avoid know? a lot of like things and facts uh, in order to just help themselves and to push them. But in reality, you always have to be conscious of not just your actions, yeah. but how your actions affect everybody or else, which a lot of people avoid. even doing things that at the time they thought they were doing the right mm -hmm. thing, but it turns out it wasn't, you know? And... People want to just never have that brought up again. And for most people, it doesn't get, really get brought up that much. But once you're in the public eye... Oh, you can't do anything. You can't... Right, right now, I can't do anything <laughs> wrong. Uh, uh, it's impossible. Like, there's random people that I meet. I was, you know, d doing the Golden Temple here. You know, randomly, someone come up, came up to me like, oh, man, I know your stuff. I'm in, like, uh, Tokyo at 3 o'clock in the morning, drinking, partying, having fun. People coming up to me, oh, I know. Once you're in the public eye, uh, you it, have right? to leave a, a clean, transparent life. And you might as well just live an honest one because it will eat you up and destroy yeah. you if you are a horrible, bad person. And soon, eventually, everything will be leaked and everyone will find out everything about everybody. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is, you know, in the next, you know, eight or 12 years or whatever it is, we're going to ha start having presidents or president candidates that grew up with things like MySpace oh, yeah. with their photos up everywhere. They're definitely, you know, that one photo of you know, whoever smoked, you know, the president smoking weed is going to be hundreds of photos and videos of them, you know, doing illegal things and doing, you know, stupid things. 
how do you think that's going to change? I like, think it's great. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think it's awesome. But we have to be careful who controls that power because yeah. if it's the NSA, they'll use it for really horrible political uh, motivated things. Same with uh, Facebook, which we have seen kind of go more left and more authoritarian and more corporate uh, than all the other freeing social medias. But I think uh, this kind of freeing of information of everyone knowing everything is beautiful. But we have to be extremely careful who controls the levers and switches on that because like i want a president who's honest i want a president who made mistakes and is able to own up to them and has to face those mistakes instead of hiding them under millions of dollars of pr bullcrap and lies and and distortion i rather know exactly everything our elected representative is doing full transparency that's the only way to really have an honest government because people uh, when they get power it corrupts them and absolute power corrupts absolutely and that's something that we need to uh, expose right away and of course there's individuals hiding information there's facebook censoring information we've even seen it on twitter people being banned for having a political opinion that they didn't like but other people who do horrible things that align with their political opinion they're okay to be be on there. So we're living in a very interesting dichotomy where either the internet will be totally free or it will be a 1984 Orwellian dystopian uh, thought police uh, organization place. So, so I'm seeing this battle kind of unfold right in front of us right now. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And, you know, not even with just like politics, I've heard, uh, and I don't know how true this is, but I actually, I can see this being true is like, you know, if, on, for example, on Twitter, if you, this, if you, you know, outlandishly disagree with, with the feminist movement, you you can get banned. Oh, yeah, automatically. Oh, but, yeah. but then there was uh, – my reporter just got threatened that these um, leftists were going to hurt her and her child and her daughter. Twitter was allowing that post to be up there. Meanwhile, you say anything uh, about the left – Banned, banned automatically that they see someone as harassment, someone as threatening. Meanwhile, like one of my reporters' daughters, a young eight-year-old daughter was threatened and Facebook was fine with that. Uh, Twitter, sorry, Twitter was okay with that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that's not okay. And yeah. you see these, po- you know, politically motivated lines, more especially on the left, uh, and a lot of people on the right targeted. Which, which automatically, if you even bring up, oh, you're right. No, I'm not. I'm not on the right. I'm bringing up exactly what's happening, and I'm calling like yep. I see it. And people, I'm getting all these labels thrown at me. I'm like, dude, I'm calling it like I see it. This yeah. is a hypocrycy. We need to be careful of this. Yeah, they're assessing the other way. And censoring all the left. Exactly. And only allowing the right, then you would probably call that out too. Exactly. Right? It's, so, it's so important. I was at Occupy Wall Street filming, you know, every single day the police brutality that was happening there, documenting it all, showing the people what happened. And I was called a liberal. You know, I'm, I was in Washington, D.C., in the middle of the riots, reporting on rioters destroying businesses. And now I'm alt right <laughs> because I'm, I'm documenting the truth. So now I have the anarchists hating yeah, me. I have like, that the authority news? figures hating me. Yeah, my job is, is very weird because just thinking about it on the drive here, people on the left hate me. People on the right hate me because I'm always calling it out. When the police were wrong, many instances at Occupy Wall Street, I called out the police. I was targeted by the police. I was beat by the police. I was assaulted. I was sucker punched by undercover police officers, which again, the video is insane online, by the way, uh, uh, on, on our YouTube channel where, you know, 
cop punches me and runs away to other cops and he's dressed as an undercover. It, it's just it's just nuts. Uh, and then the same thing on you know the right. I'm reporting on people rioting and hurting and beating other people up and destroying private businesses. And now I'm a member of the right because I'm exposing how these guys did something wrong. And I'm like, dude, dude, chill out. Like, stop with the bullcrap. I'm calling it like I see it. You know what's actually really crazy is when you were, you know, when you were telling me about Twitter censoring the left for for whatever reason in my mind, even though I knew that you were your center center, I just automatically start thinking like, oh, like you know, you're you're definitely on the right. Exactly, exactly. But, and, yeah, and I'm not. Why, yeah, why does there have to be just left and right? Why can't there just be? It's like the truth or not the truth, truth or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that simple? Is this fucked up or not? <laughs> yeah, because division sells. Because if you're able to regurgitate a viewpoint that has been installed in the American populace for centuries now about this ideology and that ideology, if you you're able to successfully regurgitate that ideology and and crap on the other ideology, more people will click your stuff other than uh, people questioning your reality. That's also how advertisement works because um, that's why Facebook and their algorithm creates an echo chamber because they want you to hear the news that you want to hear. Uh, then they sell more advertisements because then you're not left questioning reality. Then you're not left questioning yourself. And when you're not questioning yourself, when you're being obedient and hearing the messages that uh, you truly believe down in your core, you're more likely to click on that advertisement. And that's why we're seeing Twitter implement another algorithm, again, does the same thing, regurgitate the same echo chamber. But what they're doing is ultimately hurting humanity in such a grand way, only reinforcing all the biased bullcrap that we have seen pushed on people and the emotional manipulation on the left or the right, pushing people further to the extremes instead of on the simple context well, this is an outright lie and this is truth. That's all. Like, this, this is the simple world that we should be living in, but we're not. <sighs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know what? You're absolutely right because for most people's Facebook feeds, yeah. what they see is all they want. If they, if they, if they only comment and like on their, you know, on articles on, on that friends post that are extreme, right? That's all they'll ever see. They will stop seeing the extreme left ones. Exactly. And if they only like the ones that are extreme left, that's all they'll ever see again. Yeah. I think one of my Facebook feeds is weird because I like some uh, like I will comment on both, uh, and so I actually I'm one of the very few people that see both. And luckily, at least for now, Facebook see, you know shows both to me because he's they, it assumes that I do like both sides. So yeah. I, in the beginning, honestly, that's it comes down to us again. It's our fault for starting that ball rolling, yeah. and then it is the fault of you know. I, I guess incentivizing monetarily uh, the decisions that these businesses make. But ultimately, having an open mind is one of the most beautiful things that you could have in this world, not only because it's beneficial to everyone else around you, not only because you learn to listen instead of just talk and regurgitate the same lines, but because it's freaking awesome. I love exploring new things, exploring new ideas. That's how you develop as a human being. That's how you make yourself better. I have friends on the far left. I have friends on the far right. If they have principles, they respect me and they are friends with me. If they don't, it's their choice, not mine, because I will accept them no matter how much I disagree with them, because ultimately we're still human beings at the end of the day. And people get mad at me. I'm dealing with a whole bunch of drama right now with, with people saying, why are you friends with this person? Why are you friends with that person? I'm like, I'm friends with everybody. 
You need to realize this. This is the same crap I've been going through uh, all the time. And if people try to push me, like, oh, you shouldn't be friends with, uh, you know, Mark Dex, or you shouldn't be friends with Glenn Greenwald or Jeremy Scahill, uh, we don't like him. If you're that type of person, you, you, there's no entry for you to my life. Like, like you could choose me as I am. Uh, with me being friends with your political enemy or not, that's your problem, not mine. So I'm, I'm very curious by people, you know, I guess aligning themselves with other, their other, you know, other friends and blah, blah, blah. Are they actually making a change at all? Like if people actually wanted to make a change, I think there's instances where some of them are right. Um, where there is an issue that, um, the other faction did something wrong on and they are able to uh, galvanize enough people and enough support to do push something. But other instances, it's not true. So it's, it all varies. It's all very um, interdependent on whether they were actually right in that moment uh, because sometimes they're wrong and they push for changes that end up hurting everybody. Um, so it's like, you know, I guess 50-50. Okay. Uh, but 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 to me, there's instances where the left is right. There's instances where the right is right. Um, I, I, I think that's true. I, I really do. Think yeah, true. no and one's there's perfect. Instances where the situation is so fucked up. Yeah, that both sides are gonna get it wrong. Both sides are wrong. Yeah, both sides like, are. I, like, actually, so I, I will quickly talk about Obamacare, where I truly believe that he had good intentions when he was. You oh, know, I didn't. You don't think he did? <laughs> I was calling him out when he really? first got into office. Before he even was in office, I was like, be careful about Obama. He's a charlatan. He's going to lie. He's going to continue doing the same. And I knew that because I looked at his advisors. I looked at the people he was putting in key positions of power within the government. Um, and I knew he was going to do the same thing George W. Bush did when it came to the foreign policy. And he did. And he expanded it to the police state, to the surveillance, the control grid state. He was a very bad president. Wow. Yeah, 100%. Okay. And I knew he didn't have good intentions. And the whole, you know, healthcare, like it did have some benefits to it. I won't deny that at all. But it also had very negative so sides to here, it. So here's my problem with Obamacare yeah. as it is right now. One is it's completely diluted and fucked up because there's the left and right fighting each other. And they're like, all right, well, we're not going to let them win on this. So I'm going to, you know, on the left, you have, well, I mean, on Obama's side, on the, uh, He's like, I'm just going to push this through no matter what because we want to have it. And then on the Republican side, they're like, well, we're if you're going to push it through, well, we're going to kind of fuck it up along the way. Oh, yeah. And then people were like, oh, you pushed through this crappy uh, healthcare system. But for me, when I look at this, I don't – like my whole actual issue, I'm like, this isn't the issue. The issue is why is it so expensive for people to go and get healthcare even if they didn't have insurance? Like in Thailand – Without insurance, you can go to the hospital and you can see a doctor. Mm -hmm. Why is it so fucking expensive where if you don't have health insurance, you are screwed? Oh, yeah. And why is it, why is health insurance so fucking expensive where even if you have it, you're screwed? Yeah. These were my two major problems with Obamacare. Number one, I don't support a government mandating you to do anything. Uh, They mandated you to get health care. If you didn't, they would fine you and they would double the fine and double the fine and hurt you if you you didn't do what the government told you to do. The second part of it was it incentivized a broken medical system within the United States that doesn't treat people but gives them uh, other freaking pills for other symptoms that the regular pills cause. And it's not a system of uh, true 
healthcare. It's a system of monetization of people's lives, and they make horrible decisions that are motivated by money instead of actual healthcare. And why give those people a monopoly now on all of us and force us to be a part of their system? Now, I'm not saying all of the medical industry is corrupt, but a lot of the a higher lot ups, of it is. A lot so of it is. On that second point, I think that if if I somehow had had the power to do so, first off, I would I would probably get some smarter people around me. But in general, what I would do is say, you know what, this let's get rid of all the the corruption, all the greed of pharmaceutical companies, yeah, yeah. of health insurance companies, of even like you know even hospitals are like over expanding. They're buying too much fucking uh, equipment. Huge that waste of money. Yeah. I would fix all that and then just streamline it down and be like, okay, now we're at a point where if somebody didn't have health insurance they would still be able to go to a hospital. I think that's actually the very first thing they need. If like if somebody somebody with a normal job can go and not be bankrupt for the rest of their life, you know, and you know, maybe it might cost them six thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, but it's not gonna cost them, you know, half a million dollars if they if they go to a hospital without uh, any health care. And once we get those costs down, then the issue of you know having affordable health care or health health insurance it would be no brainer. Then exactly. we wouldn't even need Obamacare because uh, healthcare would be so cheap and so few drugs would ever be needed that if you wanted to buy insurance, go ahead and everybody can afford it. Yeah, and look at alternative uh, ways. I mean, it's just insane seeing some of the medication that's being used all around the world still being held up in the United States because of the stupid FDA uh, practices uh, that they have in the medical system. There's medicine out there that helps people with so many horrible ailments and diseases that people are using, but we can't use them inside of the United States. Uh, you know, same thing with you know medical benefits of marijuana. How long did it take to get that institutionalized in some of the states that are helping people out tremendously with horrible ailments that they wouldn't be able to get help because of the freaking government, uh, because of the medical system that has a control grid on life, and no one ever should have that control ever. So whether you guys agree with you know this or not, actually, especially if you don't agree with this. Go out and have a have a voice. Yeah, you know, go out and create your own YouTube channel or you know, uh, blog or whatever it is. Be the change that you want to be because maybe you guys don't necessarily agree with with me. I'm sure I don't agree with everything Luke's gonna say. But what's great is we both have platforms where we can share our opinion. No, it's awesome. It's it's a beautiful yeah. gift that I'm so grateful for. And even better, we're able to do this full time because. We figured out, you know, by you, you know, things like YouTube uh, ad share or creating courses, uh, selling digital products, and things like this, where we can make enough money where we don't have to slave away at a nine to five job. We don't have to be trapped in a cubicle back in the U.S. or back back home, and we have the freedom to be able to create cool shit and becoming the change we want to be. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible. We're living in a time and moment when one person, one voice, one soul could document the truth and the truth will fly all around the world when it took forever. Uh, what was that famous, uh, I think it was an FDR quote, uh, while the truth is still tying its uh, shoes, a lies running halfway around the world already, um, something like that. But, but, but right now that's changing. We're living in a day and age with so much possibility, with so much abundance. There's enough food to feed everyone in this world, but somehow it's not happening. There's so many other resources out there. There's so many different 
beautiful things out there that we just need to see, that we need to put in our viewpoint, that we need to align ourselves in, and naturally we will all get there. And it becomes very simply by looking at yourself and trying to make yourself the best version of yourself. I love it. Yeah. So if any of you guys are interested in becoming a journalist, you can check out Luke's course at... You just go to wearechange.org and then probably click on the Change Media University banner that we have Perfect. up there. Perfect. Yeah. It'll be easy. And actually, what's really cool is I just noticed that if you are a high school student, that you can actually get the, the program for free. Yeah. I do, uh, I, do the, I do it manually. I have to get back. Uh, it's always a pain in the butt because I'm managing everything else myself. But if you email me at cmu at wearechange.org and then prove to me that you are a high school student uh, or under the age of 18, uh, with your parents' permission, we will give you the course for free. Wow, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah. I mean, I when, I when I run my business, I do it in the best ethical way that I can. If anybody wants a refund for any reason, bam, you got it right away. No questions asked. Um, if anyone has any questions, bam, I'm there for them. I'm trying to add and create more content and trying to build this thing up. It's already a solid, I think I already have like 25 chapters on there going through everything, how to monetize, how to uh, get the SEO rankings, how to have your own website, how to join up and collaborate, how to do interviews, how to, what gear and, apart, uh, gear and equipment you need. I go through the whole nine yards from A to Z starting your own online you know, media business. That's really cool. What is your rationale behind giving it to people under 18 for... Because I know there's some people who don't have a lot of money and don't have the resources. I knew when I was young, I didn't have a lot of money, um, but I was hungry. But I had this determination to be something and to do something. And I didn't let money stop me, but it would have obviously helped me in so many different aspects. So the kids who don't have that money, I want to give them that opportunity. If they're really hungry enough, if they really care about this, to have all the resources available to them to be able to build their dreams like they want to, uh, to be able to live a free life because the children all their f- are, are the future. The schools don't teach this. Colleges don't teach this. Colleges right now when they teach journalism, they're horrible, crappy institutions that put you in debt and make you enslaved to a system where you have to make coffee for Bill O'Reilly and kiss his butt and work in a broken system that hurts humanity. I don't want that. I want young kids to be entrepreneurs, start their own businesses, go out there, be hungry, and accomplish things in life that will help humanity instead of degress humanity. And the best way to do that is to start out with young kids. So again, anyone underneath the age of 18, uh, message me on there. Um, or Facebook me, and then I'll personally. Lie. It, it's a, I hate doing it because it's like I gotta go on WordPress manually, do all that. I still do it though. Uh, so just email me, and then obviously. Wow, that that's amazing. And I think that's so cool that you're giving back that way, and you really are inspiring, not only inspiring change, and you know, but you're empowering people with the knowledge, with the tools that you personally use yourself to grow this giant brand. I mean, even. I remember when you came up to me and you asked if you you interview me. Three people were like, "Like, oh yeah, this guy's a huge channel. You should do it." And so I think even before even looking at your channel, I was like, "Okay, well, if these other three people endorse Mm -hmm. it, then definitely this is something that I want to get on." Yeah, I mean, other people see it as competition, and they're very stingy with trying to help other people. I see it the total opposite. I want to help as many people as I can because who knows? I could create the next freaking PewDiePie (laughs) of truth, right? That could obviously will repay back the favor, or even if he doesn't repay or she repay me back that favor, that person is still doing something that benefits people. Um, that that I, I love that it. frees people. And for the probably the first time in human history, we are able to create things that truly benefit others from a freaking 
iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that simple. And we can do it location independently. We can make enough money to be able to do this for the rest of our lives and never have to have another job. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing the story, Luke. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So if you guys want links to everything that we talked about, this was episode 148 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Uh, big thank you to this week's sponsor, tripstreak.com. Next time you want to look for a flight and start traveling around, maybe to do cool stuff like this, go to tripstreak.com slash travel like a boss. And thank you for everyone who's been leaving all these great five-star reviews on iTunes. You guys are the reason why we continue to to grow and more get more and more listeners. This week's uh, new review is from my, what was it? Sexy Pink from Canada. My favorite podcast ever, five stars. This podcast is super entertaining and educational. I love learning about travel e-commerce and the nomad lifestyle. If you want to change your life and listen to inspirational stories, this podcast is for you. Thanks, Johnny, for all that you do. And thank you guys for leaving the reviews and we'll see you guys all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.